young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. <laughs>Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians with your hosts, Abriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. Today we have LaCalvius Tucker with us today, who is a barrel racer, and we are going to talk to him all about his journey and his experiences in the horse industry. So welcome, LaCalvius. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so just briefly start off with telling us about yourself, where you're located, and what horses you have. Well, I'm located in Uriah, Alabama, and um, I got four horses. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good number. <laughs> oh, yes, the, the feed bill is out the roof, but got four horses. I got a Gildan. He's five years old. His name is Finn. He's out of um, Royal Quick Dash. And on the bottom side, he's out of like three chicks and all of that. And then I got a um, three-year-old filly. She's a red roan. Raised her from a baby. Um, she's cowbred. She go back to Pepe Sam Badger, Docalina. And then I got a um, thoroughbred. Blah, thoroughbred. <laughs> thoroughbred mare. And she's... She was on the racetrack, and that's pretty much all she did. And then now she's just a broodmare, and she's in Mississippi getting bred now. And I got a um little stud coat on the way, and that'll be the end of this month when I get him. But that's 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 all of them. <laughs> well, that is plenty for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you even get into horses? What got you started? Well. My dad ride horses, my uncle, my auntie, and my great uncles, all of them ride. And um, that's really what got me into it now. To be honest with you, growing up, I was scared of them. Like, a horse come my way, I am tearing out. And what I got used to them was when I was 13, and I had that my grandparents bought me a um, Tennessee walking horse. He was a paint. And he kind of built my nerves up. And then after that, they went and bought me, I think they got him in October. They went and bought a paint mare for me. And she was a mm -hmm. quarter horse. They bought her in November, the same year. Mm -hmm. And I rode him. I liked him. But then I was like, I think I want to go a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they went and bought me her. And um, I would just ride around in the pasture a little bit. And then, you know, I bit my nerves up with her because she was hyper. Like, instead of just jumping into, like, walking, she was, like, blazing and gunning. And I was like, okay, so I got a boosie up here and ride her. So um, I learned how to ride her and stuff. And she turned out to be good. I, that was the first horse I ever trained on the bear pattern. Mm -hmm. And um, I used to race a little bit. And then I went from there. Lord, if I name all the horses I done had. <laughs> <laughs> but I went and bought a um, horse named Corona. She was the well, second one I trained. And, that's fitting. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And um, it's a funny story how she got her name, though. She she actually drunk Corona beer. Like, she turned mm-hmm. it up and on her style door, and she turned it up and drunk it. But um, then after her, I had got a book skin. Mm-hmm. I didn't really click with him. I don't really click with Gildens. And, I mean, if you look at my page, I'm always posting I own the queen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I just click better with mayors. Mm-hmm. Even though they sass and they got attitudes, I feel like they got more to give. In my opinion, that's why I like them more. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a good bit of horses. Well, good, good. It's nice that it's a family affair. Not everybody has that. I know Caitlin has that. Mm-hmm. My family was kind of. I mean, my dad wasn't riding horses. He used horses for work. So right, it was kind of. <laughs> but um, it's nice to kind of have those family ties for sure. Oh yes, ma'am. My um dad, he does the like standard breeds, mm-hmm. the ones with the buggy on the racetrack. He does that. My uncle, he ropes. My auntie, she just like trail rides. She got walking horses, mm-hmm. and I'm the only one that do barrels. And then my cousin Braxton, I don't know if y'all been seeing him. He um just started barracing too. He got a little gilding that's from the same farm that Finn is from, so he done started running now and stuff. So, yep. We we starting it. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So, what are some of the challenges you faced on your riding journey so far? The as I just faced this today too, right before I got on here. But the main thing that I don't face when I go to a show when I first started, one, I stuck out like a sore thumb. I was the only black person there. And then that made me feel some type of way. Not saying I was scared, but it just made me feel a little different because, you know, I'm like, well, they all going to look at me because, oh, he different, <laughs> you know, coming out there. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one thing. And then the second, once I got used to my, you know, them looking at me like that, then they were saying, oh, you too big for that horse or, you know, you need to get you a bigger horse. So that's the second thing that I faced with them. And I actually went, I sold two of my nice horses, Corona and Baby Hope. I sold them to get a horse named Margaret. She was 16.2 hands, and she was, you know, a big girl. Mm-hmm. Got her, me and her didn't click. Now, I mean, I loved her, but we didn't click, really, on the pattern because she was more push style, and I needed, I, she needed an aggressive rider. And I'm not an aggressive rider. I need a horse that, you know, that's automatic that would go. Mm-hmm. And, like... I was kind of stupid for that because I let them get in my head about it. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, when I got Finn, um, his second show, a guy told me, he was like, who horse is this? I said, oh, that's mine. He was like, mm, look like the horse need to be riding you. And I said, no, he carried me just fine. You know, like, I feed him and stuff. And I made sure, like, why are you putting your two cents in? Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to take care of him. Mm-hmm. And today, I had a lady that came out. I'm training a horse for one of my friends. She came out, and um, she was like, ooh, you look too big for her. And I said, mm-mm, I will go to the chiropractor. You know, I check everything and, you know, stuff like that. Because it really don't have nothing to do with your weight, to be honest with you. Because you can get a skinny rider, and they can ride like they're sloppy and have the horse even sore than a big person like me. I can tell you, I'm, I always sit in the center of my saddle. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not flopping everywhere. Like, I'm aware of my size. You don't have to point that out to me. Like, I'm aware of it. I look at it every day, mm -hmm. you know? So that's something that you don't have to tell me. Like, when I first started training my filly, I started riding her as a two-year-old. You know, she was, I think, she turned two March 6th. I started riding her in July. And when I took her to the chiropractor, she said, don't listen to them because you're doing it the right way. I didn't just jump on her and say, hey, you going a mile down the road. Mm -hmm. No, I slowly got her into, you know, getting her used to my weight. As far as you find a, a smaller person, they're always quick to jump on the horse and then try to ride it all day. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. what she was mainly saying about it. And um, that's probably the only thing that I done had a challenge with. Mm -hmm. But now you're finding more people because they trying to be on my team now. And I'm like, no, nah, you already said you said, so just, just stay over there. Right. <laughs> you know, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. But I always try to stay positive and, mm -hmm. you know, keep a positive attitude because, I mean, it ain't even, you know, I'm facing the mode really though. Yeah. Yeah. What was the process like in kind of being more comfortable with yourself or not allowing these people to get in your head? Like, did it take some years or was it something that was just kind of internal? <laughs> this is going to sound so crazy, but I started feeding off my horse's energy. And I know it's going to sound stupid, but I had to feed off their energy because my horses are cocky. Okay. Like they cocky. They know they like, Oh, I'm the S I'm the shit. Okay. And, <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe I need to, you know, feed off their energy when I go places. So, Actually, it wasn't too long ago when I took my filly to her first barrel race, to her mm -hmm. first show, and she was um, doing exhibition. Mm -hmm. That's when um, she went in there and she was walking so confident. And I could tell people was looking at me because they were like, you tall, she's like 14, 3, and I'm 6, 3. And the people was looking at um, I was just like, whatever, Pris, we're going to go ahead and do it. So I started, you know, getting a little cocky too. I was like, you just go ahead, you try to do what you're supposed to do. You know what to do. And that's pretty much what it was, you know. I mean, it. that's pretty much. So I have to say, when did I take her to the exhibition? February of mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice to see her pictures with her mane in the air. <laughs> it looked like a unicorn in the background. That's how her mane be looking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's another thing, too, I tell people. They be like, how do you get her hair to grow? I said, go to the black folk aisle. That's how I said. I be like, go to the black folk aisle, okay? I don't say folks. I be like, go get you some Jamaican roster and it'll help it grow, okay? <laughs> okay, let me write that down because I need my horse to grow his hair. I went awesome because he kept posting pictures um, and her mane was all the way down to her shoulders. I was like, oh, my gosh, this horse hair is so pretty. <laughs> well, shoot, I have been trying to grow a mane. My horse has gets like, I guess the no seams bother mm -hmm. him, so he scratches it out. And I put a fly right. sheet on him, and the fly sheet, I mean, his mane is the longest it's been in about four years. Mm -hmm. So, but let me see some Jamaican Jamaican Ross, Rasta. Yeah, R A S T A. Okay, I'm a uh, I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna write that down. All right. Well, good. Good. And I told somebody that today. I was showing them um pictures of your horse. <laughs> <laughs> but is this the roan? 
Yes, ma'am, it's the wrong. Don't call me ma'am. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old. No, I'm just kidding. Just that southern hospitality. It is. Here it is. You call me asking how old are you? I'm only 22. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're not that much older than you. Older you. All right. So how would you say riding horses and kind of being in this industry has affected your life? It made me more humble. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of, I guess you could say, they can heal you too in a sense. Like, you know, because I don't know, I don't know if me and her were friends before we, um, I'm trying to say how to say it. Well, my dad had hit me in the nose, okay? And he broke it and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, like, that kind of healed me, my horses, because I, I would go to them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, people don't listen and stuff like that. Not saying a horse can talk back to you. I'm not saying all that. But I'm just saying, like, you know, they just hear you. They just a natural. It's something about yeah, them. the energy. They, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they just do something to you. And um, that kind of helped me in... They taught me how to be, you know, solo. Like, I don't have to have friends, you know, like, I'm good with it. So, they kind of mold me into the person I am today, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, they helped me out a lot. Yeah. And I can tell you, each horse done taught me something new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they always have a lesson. I know okay. what you mean. I, I know what you mean, because when I was in middle school, high school, Anything uh-huh. happen during the school day, I just run to my horses. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your ultimate goal? If money was not an issue, what is your ultimate goal with your horses? My goal is to one day, you know, because, you know, I love training baby horses and stuff like that. So get a good bit of brood mares, maybe get one stud down the road. And I just want to get the babies up, you know, to about two years old, train them up real good, and then eventually sell them. Because mm-hmm. you find so many horses going to the slaughterhouse, but they're going because people ain't really doing their job to make sure that they're broke and they got a chance at life, you know. So that's one of my goals. And, um... That's pretty much what I want to do with them is mm-hmm. get them broke, train, and then eventually sell them to yeah. good homes. So just have my own little legacy out there, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's about it. And then do some little charities and stuff like that. Just riding them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's about it. That's cool. That's cool. What do you do? Do you like have a job now, like work a full-time job or is horses your thing? No, I, I do. I'm a um, correction officer. So 12 hours. I work a full-time job and I try to juggle the horses too. Mm-hmm. So it's well, a lot I'm of sure. <laughs> trying to keep them in shape. So like when I get off of work, I go straight down there. I lunge them a little bit and then I feed them and stuff like that. But Pris in her own little world, her own little world, <laughs> she like to play. So her workout is me playing with her, and she just sit there and run around in the pasture. 
<laughs> I don't mean have to launch her as much. Ben, he just look at you like, no, don't, don't, don't chase me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get all those action shots of her when she jumped yeah, in the air. <laughs> and that one video when she jumped in the air and like she jumped so high till like I know that day she her feet came from up under. Mm-hmm. So she ain't did that no more though. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Learn her lesson, huh? <laughs> she did, but she that don't mean she stopped jumping, but she just a character. She mm-hmm. just I guess raising her. My goal is with when I do break them is um to make sure that I don't break their spirit and I let them be curious. Cause a lot of people when they try to go see stuff, they be like, uh uh-uh, uh, get back over here. No, you go see what it is. So Whenever you get older, you're trying to see what something is instead of spooking. Mm-hmm. You're going to use your thinking side of your brain and you're going to, you know, try to see what it is first. Mm-hmm. So that's the main goal with that. And I always want them to know that come to me before you decide if you want to go react. You know, like, mm-hmm. ask me. Yep. If I'm running, then you run. But if I ain't running, you don't run. <laughs> that's how I try to get them. Yeah. Yeah, those philosophies are key. And I just feel like a lot of times people just completely miss that. Like you have to establish establish that relationship with your horse. So they will ask you, they will come to you for reassurance before fleeing. Like you have to kind of insert yourself in between flight and fight so that they're like, okay, what we doing? What we doing? you know, and then they take direction from you, um, you know, as their leader, so Uh people just completely bypass that, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, um, had my friend Courtney, she was telling me, she was like, you know, you got prints that way, I said, what way? She said, she cocky, she confident, she sassy, I said, I can't help all that, I said, my goal was to just train her and gain her trust, and I mean, there she is. She's very cocky. She knows she the hot stuff. And that's something that I can't help, you know? Mm-hmm. And the older she gets, like, the worse she gets. Because <laughs> people are like, oh, she going to grow out of it. I'm like, no, nah, she ain't grown out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but the feeling that I'm training now, she's the, um, the red wrong, too. And she's kind of sassy. But the day the girl tried to come out and ride her, and the horse won't go nowhere. And when I walk, the horse will walk. And I'm like, she was like, well, why is she doing it? I said, I, I honestly don't know. I said, maybe because I'm spending more time with her and I'm bonding with her. That's mm-hmm. something. And that's why people always ask me, why did you got such a deep connection with your horse? And it's not me just sitting there spoiling my horse. I actually do groundwork. And they don't realize groundwork ain't there just to work them. It's there to build a bond and a connection between you and the horse. And that's how my connections are so strong between me and my horses because I work them, but it's also like, you know, it's that bond there too. Mm-hmm. So I always tell them like, lunge them and do stuff with them and, you know, do stuff like that. But mm, yeah. she's going to have to do it whenever she get her back because that's the only way that I feel like the horse will have a connection with her mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's, we were talking to, um, someone else Mm -hmm. weeks ago and he was 
I was asking if he, you know, when he trained the horses, did he require owners to come and take lessons with him? Because, I mean, if it's an owner that doesn't plan on riding, like, there's no point. But if it's someone who's like, I want you to train this horse for me so that I can do something, do you require mm -hmm. people to come take lessons on them? Because a lot of times what the horse can do for the trainer is not what he's going to do for the owner. I mean, it's true. the same, same way with dogs. Dogs are the mm -hmm. same way. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, your dog was perfect here, but then you took them home and get and had no discipline or structure, and so they start acting out again. And they're like, oh, the training didn't work. Like, no, it's you have to do the same thing the trainer does, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's, um, that's what I was telling her today because, I mean, I spoil my horses too, but my like I told her, I said, my horse is broke, so I can I can kind of you know let them get away with stuff because they know mm -hmm. what to do. And um, the horse was walking up on her and she was doing stuff you know like babying her in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I told her I said, "You can say that babying," and I I don't never try to I, I ain't say I got an attitude, but I try not to you know tell people what to do with they with their animals. It's kind of hard for me to do that. And today I just had to tell them like, look. You gotta stop babying her because she already sassy and she walk up on you, she don't respect you or nothing. Mm -hmm. I say when she walk up on you, bag her up. I say, stop telling, you know, hitting her saying, Hey, get out of the way. That ain't gonna work. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm I, I you have to keep reminding her, hey, stop babying her. She in training. You can do that after she get done with this, okay? Mm -hmm. But um that's one thing that I have to work with her on. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind them coming out there to be with their horses and learn but at the same time whenever they do come out there like she wanted to ride the horse and I'm sitting here like she ain't really ready to ride yet but you know me I'm like I always let people bump their heads mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm that person but some of them are so hard-headed so I'm like you know what you just bumped your head and you you'll learn from your mistake okay so I told her I said yeah take out there and ride her and the horse um didn't buck or do nothing stupid. The horse ended up going to buy my horse, and then the horse freaked out a little bit. So mm -hmm. it kind of scared her. And I told her, I said, now, you see why I told you? She's not ready to ride. She ain't ready to do none of that stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's good for me to walk you around on her. But, I mean, it's a time and place. Like, give me 30 days to work with her on the ground, and then you take her for riding. You know, let somebody ride her for 30 days. Mm -hmm. And then she could do something. Then 30 days on the pattern. Then, you know, whatever else you want to put it into. But now listen, so, I mean, yeah. I try to Can't work. That. That's true. <laughs> but mm, she just, the owner is worse than the horse. But I try to work with her. Yeah. That's usually the case. <laughs> you can't have instant gratification with horses like right. it does not happen right right <laughs> everything is a process so you got to put in the work there's no shortcuts mm -hmm. um, and even if you work it's probably not it's probably not good for both horse and rider so right mm -hmm. so, what is um, it what <laughs> <laughs> i'm ready now <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give aspiring equestrians barrel racers 
anybody who wants to get in the horse industry, what advice would you give them? Mm, from my experience, just go out there. Like, if you want to do barrels, you can always, whatever sport you want to do, you know, in the horse industry, just go out there and do it because you're going to always have haters or, you know, you're going to always have people that going to sit there and pick you apart and stuff like that. So you might as well get in your brain before you go out there that, hey, it's a team thing that's just between me and my horse. If you have to do it this way, go out there, make your run, go home, do that. They'll let you know if you want something. Maybe they will, but I don't know. But um, <laughs> just know you went and you did it, you know? Because yeah. you can always have people sitting there. You can have some, like, I can't say this, though. Going to them, I don't have more people come up to me, and they were nice. So the niceness of the way, the, the meanness, you know, like, so I can't say that they ain't been nice to me. Mm-hmm. But um, I can see through the fake, too, though. Because some of them will do it just because they're in front of somebody else. And then, <clears throat> Lord, I ain't going to, they're going to kill me. But <laughs> I'm gonna say it. You got some people, and I'm talking about Caucasians, that they would be nice to you just because you are the first black person that came there and you're the mm-hmm. only black person. So they try to go out their way and try to be nice to you. And I can see through it. I know some people here now that does it. Mm-hmm. But me, I just smile on their face and I be fake too. I'm just trying to, you know, fake it till I make it. So yeah, that's about it. Make it tea, make I ain't trying to be negative on y'all channel, but I'm just trying to be real. <laughs> I mean, that was real. That was the truth. <laughs> it was the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I think that is good advice. Fake it till you make it. If you have to, mm-hmm. fake it till you make it. Um, and that's a lot of times honestly, what helps people build confidence. I know in a lot of things that I do, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do stuff. And then at some point, somebody's gonna be like, yeah, that's good. And I'm be like, okay, it is. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> so you just gotta, you just gotta go out there, put yourself out there. And, you know, get uncomfortable go outside of your comfort mm-hmm. zone and once you are outside of your comfort zone enough it will become comfortable right so that's true yeah uh, I, I bet none of us would be sitting here if we just hung around our little comfort zone we wouldn't be right. having this conversation we wouldn't have this podcast if we true. were still inside of our comfort zone we would have just been sitting there complaining continuing to complain and Mm -hmm. not do anything about it and i think that's what the great thing is about this podcast the youtube channel the community that we are fostering if you're not i know you're not in the facebook group so definitely add yourself to that once we're done but um once we you know put it out there like there's a need for it. Somebody is looking for this. You know, somebody is looking to hear your experience with bell racing. Somebody is looking to hear everybody that we've had on and even the conversations we have amongst each other. Mm-hmm. So you just gotta put yourself out there and 
it'll be that a message for somebody. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. That's true. Um, have y'all ever heard of the horrible horsemanship group? I've seen. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen like inside the group. I just seen the title before. Yeah, I'm famous on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> like they don't post me so many times on there about my size and my horses so yeah it's a it's a nice group it's real nice you should go check it out i ain't been you know on there in a while i don't think okay. I, don't, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life okay <laughs> no <laughs> where are these shows at are they all in alabama what'd you say now where are the shows at that you go to? I since my horse is like thin, he only been to four shows. So I try to stay around my house because mm-hmm. there's no sense of trying to take him all the way out. You know, I want him to get used to everything here. Then maybe we'll go to like you know Mississippi. Now mm-hmm. I have went to Florida and ran where mm-hmm. I took Chris down there for an exhibition. That was kind of crazy, but four dollars go down there and spend more than gas, right? But um, that's pretty much the only place. But we go to Babinette. You got one in Bruton, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of them around here. You got one in Killing, Mississippi that we go to. We went to Van Cleve, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, you got one. Did I say Shamukla, Florida? No. Okay, Shamukla. <laughs> 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 Hattiesburg, um, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. That's probably the only place I know of. <laughs> Hattiesburg. That's the only one that sounds normal. I'm right. Sure every state got one of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, have you ever been to North Carolina? I'm sure we got some. So we got some things up here. <laughs> Never. Look. <laughs> <laughs> My friend always, she um be on my page and then she'll text me and be like, hey, we should go to this place. Hey, we should go there. I'm like, no, I don't like traveling. <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> I am like, I hate traveling, but. Is it just I'm, traveling or traveling with horses? Traveling. Like <laughs> when I was a baby, I used to throw, like I just did not oh, like okay. going places and my friend Courtney, we went to Mississippi, and to us, where we went, I don't know where she went to get the little pony horse, but it took forever in a day <laughs> to go get this little horse. <laughs> and I was sleeping. She told my son, you got to stay up with me. I'm like, dude, I feel like I got to throw up, so I'm going to sleep, okay? <laughs> she just needed a body in the car, and I was there, okay? I was going <laughs> to the world, but I was there. That happens to my my middle child. Like, when we get in the car... Since she's been a baby, she will throw up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. she's going to grow out of this because she can't eat before, like, an hour before we go anywhere. Or she'll throw it up if, when we get in the mm-hmm. car. That's me. That is me all day. That's um, unfortunate. Can't sit in the back seat. I hate sitting in the back seat. Can't do that. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. No. Well, that's a good enough reason not to travel. I thought it was just like that you posted earlier that we posted on YBE, the horse shuttle, whatever that thing was. Oh yeah, the horse box. Yeah, get you a horse box. Have you seen those? Mm -mm. It's um they're really popular in the UK. 
Mm-hmm. They, um, it's like like a horse mobile. Like it's not a trailer. It's part of the. It's like a box truck, like a U-Haul truck, but the horse goes in the back. Oh uh, yeah, I have seen that. I have. I seen them. Yeah, they um million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the cheapest one was like eighty. Yeah, seventy six nine. <laughs> And then the most expensive one was a uh, 91.5. A million dollars. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to need y'all to, you tell my horses to win some shows and then we'll get us one. Right. <laughs> you know what? I don't think I would want, like, I need to know, like, what kind of reinforcement? Because if we get in an accident, you know, knock on all the wood. Yeah. But, like, if you're in an accident with a horse trailer, like the the horse is back there, you know. Mm-hmm. Trailer can do whatever. It's not necessarily meaning that the truck is gonna have the same problem. But if the horse right. is in the truck with you, and you right. have to like slam on brakes or somebody, like what kind of reinforcement do I have that will keep that horse back there? Right. That's what. That's what. And I'm sure it's something like they gotta make it safe. Mm-hmm. Um. That's a good question. I only feel feel comfortable doing that with my mini horse because he's only like 120 pounds. I can't do that. I don't think I would feel comfortable doing it with a big horse. Mm -hmm. So what kind of horses do you have now? So I have two walking horses and a miniature horse. Mm -hmm. Um, Old walking horse. He's like 25. He's got heaves, so he doesn't he doesn't do anything. He just hangs uh-huh. out the pasture and eats everything. Uh-huh. And then my walking my other walking horse, he's uh eight. And he um we just trail ride. We're hoping to get into endurance. Um, but he's lame right now. He's got an abscess, so we're working that out. Um, right. Then the mini horse, he does therapy and like birthday parties and he's a character in my children's book and he just he does whatever i need him to do at the moment mm-hmm. so. okay what about you um uh, i i did not pronounce your name is it caitlin 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 oh caitlin <laughs> <laughs> i have four just like you and mm-hmm. so my mayor my oldest they both old two of my mm-hmm. mares um are arabians and one of them i've had like four babies off of her so i have all of i have all of her babies except for one mm-hmm. um and then i have a gildan that's one of her one of her one of her foals mm-hmm. he just turned seven and then i have um one that we got from a rescue they said that she was a quarter horse but she don't look like no quarter horse to me Mm-hmm. Um, she's definitely not a quarter horse <laughs> maybe appendix but mm-hmm. she's really tall and lean like a thoroughbred mm-hmm. so. I um was just watching Secretariat and I was going to tell my papa knowing that he ain't paying me no attention and I was like you see look this bonnie granddaddy right here I said they look just alike don't they <laughs> he was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they look alike. I'm like, you don't even know what color they are. <laughs> but, um, 
I do love appendix horses because Bonnie should be having an appendix baby next year. That's the one that I, I'm breeding right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing to have them because, you know, cow bread with running, you're going to have the turning there with the speed. And you know, cow horses are, auto, are like automatically like quick. So you have all that into one little horse. And he's 14-3, she's 16-1. So this baby should be about the size of Finn. Maybe fifteen two somewhere in there a little taller. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a good cross. And the new horse that I'm getting, he's a yearling, just turned one, and he already fourteen two. So he's gonna be probably sixteen or taller. Mm-hmm. But like the lady see, let me get me some big horses for my big age. So <laughs> um, do I have to cuss on here? I can't cuss on here, can I? You know what, it's okay. We just have a disclaimer. Okay. (laughs) Prepare yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to make sure I was securing my bag when I got me a big one, so I had to get a big one. (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) So where do you keep your horses? Is it like family land? It is. It's family land. It's every bit of probably 95 acres. What? <laughs> yeah, do you guys man. just do horses or do you do other animals? Now my papa, my great papa had cows, then my papa he had cows. Mm-hmm. And um now there's no cows over there, so it's just horses and some of our family still live on the land. Mm-hmm. And then this other guy pay us, you know, like he rent the land to grow his crops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just to help the land stay, you know, clean and stuff like that so yeah have somebody out there doing it that's what i'm talking about that's pretty much all he does and that's all we do like my horse i have to say prince got her own pasture until bunny come back and they got maybe six acres to themselves Mm -hmm. and then the other mare that my dad got out there she by herself on jesus like 10 i think or 12 <laughs> and then and then Finn, he got a good bit and stuff but it's only horses out there right now that's not nice. i want to get some cows but no i don't want no cows right now yeah no cows are weird and then they mess the ground up from what they say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i did not know that about cows then oh. they mess the ground up mm-hmm. oh yeah they mess it up man but um my uncle he got a um ranch in Hupul, Alabama that's like close to Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And um he got I think I think he had like nineteen acres. And he got a pond and a barn, it's a three stall and um got his little house on there, but he got his own little stuff up there too. He trying to build a roping pen right now. Mm-hmm. So that's one of his goals that he trying to do. Yeah. Now, if y'all want to show, you should get him on here. <laughs> he would have it lit. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I can, let me tell you what he's going to start off with. Well, let me tell you this. Clinton Anderson this and Clinton Anderson dead. And I'm like, can you please hush? We ain't talking about Clinton Anderson right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> There's somebody for everybody. There's somebody for everybody. I, I don't know. He's just obsessed with him. But he, now, my uncle, he can really train some horses. Like, he he pretty good at what he do. 
Mm-hmm. And if it's like a horse that I can't work with, it's nice that I can send them to him, you know. If I can't do nothing with him, he I know that he can always do something with them. Mm-hmm. And he kind of helped me a little bit when he's free. Mm-hmm. And um, especially Bucking, because I always tell people this. Like when she uh, wanted me to train her horse, when she said break it, I corrected her right then and there. I said, let me tell you, I don't break no horses. I train a horse. I ain't breaking them. Yes, I so, hate that word. Yeah, <laughs> I train them for you, but when it comes down to breaking, I ain't getting on them. I get on my own, but I ain't mm-hmm. getting on that theirs. But mm-hmm. she, um, another thing too, I always try to teach them not to book. Mm-hmm. And if they do book, I laugh. Mm-hmm. That just me helps me with it. <laughs> I laugh at them, and I'd be like, "Okay, you done now?" And mm-hmm. then we go on about our business. But mm-hmm. I feel like if you react to them booking and freak out, they just gonna say, "Hmm, that's a way to keep them from getting on me. That's a way to keep them away from me. They gonna put me back up if I do this right here, you know." So don't even act on it. Just mm-hmm. let them be them. Mm-hmm. But I can say the horses that I have sold, I know just about where they are. And Corona and Hope, the two that I told you that I sold because people were saying I was too big. Mm-hmm. They're in Mobile right now, and they're doing barrels with a little girl. And um, I had a horse named Jack Daniels. He was a palomino that I trained. He's in Mississippi right now. He turned out to be a 2D horse. He wasn't even on the pattern that long before I sold him. Then I got Margaret, my friend that trained her that I bought her from, ended up getting her back. And um, she sold her. Well, she 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 got her, then she ended up selling her again. So she went from a bear home to another bear home, and she's doing good. She's clocking into one D. And no, I'm trying to think of all the horses that I had. Kesha, she doing good. She a trail horse. <laughs> and then you got um sweet Jesus so many of them. Oh, Glitz. Glitz, she doing good. She in Nevada. And she out there doing barrels and stuff now too. So all of them doing good. I'm I'm glad that I could, you know, do the groundwork. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Miss Caitlin seen a horse I had named Skittle. No, not not Skittles, um Scooter. I had a horse named Scooter. I didn't see Scooter. Hmm? I didn't see Scooter. I saw Skittles. Mm-hmm. Scooter was a horse. You probably did see Scooter. She was the one. Did you ever see a picture of her of a horse rearing up and I was holding the rope? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and I was smiling in the picture. I don't know why I do that, y'all. <laughs> but something goes terrible, I smile. <laughs> she was rearing up, pawing out. I'm going to use that. When something's going terrible, I smile. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> So she was riding up and stuff. and I mean, this horse was like crazy. She was 10 years old, never been touched. Mm. And I got a halter on her, left it on her. She got it off. I got the halter right back on her. And she ended up, um, we tried to load on the trail. She cut her chest open. Oh, my goodness. And so I had to doctor it and get her back to, you know, good strength and stuff like that. So eventually I got her down into my house and stuff. Because she was right up the road. It was one of my friend horses, her mama horses. And, um... She turned out now she ready to be on the pattern now. She done been trained and everything. And the lady ended up calling me and she was like, who did the groundwork on her? I said, I did. I said, she was pretty easy. And I mean, it's good to have a cow horse because they do use their thinking side faster than a running bread horse. Mm -hmm. So that kind of helped me out too in the long run. But um, she did pretty good. And 
that's I think that's all the horses I done had. It's more. Trust me, it's more horses, but another ones I can think of right now. <laughs> yeah. What would you say your like top three tips are for um bell racing? Mm, like with what what like like training, like if, if someone had an issue, like uh how to I don't know. I don't know how to barrel race. So, like, just, what are your suggestions if somebody had an issue <laughs> with their with the pattern or getting their horse to turn the pattern? Um, is there anything whatever involves barrel racing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can tell you some of my horses. I mean, I I, I guess I can. Okay, I'm gonna use my cousin because he had an issue with his horse, mm-hmm. and it was shouldering. Okay. I told him, I said, which we watch a lot of um, videos on barrelhorse.com mm-hmm. and um, a lady named Ivory Hurst, she had to put a video on there and what you want to do if your horse shoulders a barrel, it's because they're trying to turn their own. They're not really listening to you. Mm-hmm. So you have to take them, say you're doing a drill, Lord, they'd be better if I was on a horse. But say you're riding them and you're going to the barrel like you're going to turn it. If they turn it without you asking them to turn, you need to go on and push them, pick them up real fast, push them to the fence, like mm-hmm. push them to the wall. And that's going to get them, if you do that enough times, don't do it too many times, but if you do it enough times, that's going to get in their brain, okay, dad telling me to, you know, go to the fence or do I need to turn? Which one do I need to do? Well, that's what I want you to think because then you're going to listen to me. You're going to let me put you out, put your feet where I want to put your feet, you know? Right. So that's one drill that I talked, um, told him about that I learned and he went and watched it too. And um, <clears throat> over-exaggerating your turns because I love, I can say with my Philly, I knew that she was going to have wide turns because she never did barrels. And the faster they always say, the faster they go to get tighter. Mm-hmm. Well, in her case, learning the pattern, she was going to get wider because she didn't know how to break down, rate, and turn a barrel yet, you know? Mm-hmm. So I always exaggerate my turn. When I leave out of a barrel, I make her get all the way over and um, get ready to get lined up for the second barrel. Well, when I first added speed to her, I went to one of my friend's arenas, and she went wide, but I loved that she came back to me. Like, mm-hmm. she remembered that over-exaggerating. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, that's like the, I think they say the first two weeks you do barrels, or a week or so, that's what the horse mainly remember. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that I put a good foundation on her with learning the pattern and where to place her feet and stuff. And um, my friend came down from Texas, where well, she came over from Texas. Jesus, she came a long way. I think she traveled like 20 hours just to come to us and do a clinic. Mm. And she was around my Philly, and she was like, oh, my God, this horse did not want to move. I'm like, yeah, because she didn't know where her feet, she knew where she wanted to put her own feet, you know. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it ain't that case. You have to kind of help them. You know, you have to, you want to put their feet where you want to put them. Mm-hmm. So you have to get your horses to listening. If they're not listening, then that's what causes them to shoulder the barrel or, you know, do other stuff that you don't want them to do. And, I mean, I got y'all, too. That's two of them, man. Yeah, that was two. Hey, we got one more now. We got one more. Uh, what have we done? Um, I think I had one horse. One wasn't right. I what had one. Mean? Like, okay, when you go into a barrel, 
nine times nine times out of ten, you can probably go on like twenty five miles per hour, you know, a little bit slower. Me in my case, slower, way slower. And <laughs> when you go into the barrel, you don't want your horse to just keep going. You know, you want them to shift that speed down and know how to get their body set up to turn, you know, at a mm-hmm. faster pace and just, you know, break everything down, you know, like shifting, like you shifting gears and stuff like that. And I had one horse that she just couldn't do it. She didn't, she just couldn't. So that led me to have to do a lot of rollback drills, a lot of working off the fence and, you know, like doing a lot of circles, trying to build her butt muscles up to do stuff. So, and I hate loping circles because when I love circles, that means it's going to help. It's going to work me too. It's working my stomach, my ab muscles. So it's a good thing to do because if you want to stay in shape, that's something that you can do is lope circles and stuff and lope small ones. And it'll like build your body up too. Mm-hmm. Because you had to work there, you had to keep your balance and you're really using your muscles. Mm-hmm. Lord knows I was so I was sore. <laughs> but another drill too that you can do to place your horse feet instead of just, you know, doing the run them to the fence was my friend Courtney Taylor. That's her name by the way, Courtney Taylor Moose. Mm-hmm. Um, she would also she helped me with doing circles like one barrel drill. I mean, one-way drills, and what you do with that is, say you got three barrels, right? Okay, you go to your first barrel, and you lope, and you now you lope to the right, so you, everything is to the right. Right. You just go on one way, but instead of now, this is what this drill helped because she told me she said it helped with your stomach, with my stomach rather, helped you with your horses, butt hind end. And it's helping them fire out because, see, my horses had a problem where they would shut down on the back side of the barrel. They would give you speed coming in. They'd give you speed going out, but they couldn't give you – they couldn't keep their momentum up on the back side of it, like in the turn. Mm-hmm. So I would do this drill to help them, you know, fire out. And when I did it, I did it for about two days. And then he was tearing out of there, y'all. Like, when I say he was moving – I couldn't even keep up when I was getting left behind. <laughs> so it works. And then the other way you do it is you work it that way to the right, all right barrels, turns, I mean. And then you do all left turns. So mm-hmm. it just, you know, reverse it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, yeah, I had to skip my papa while he yelling back then. I don't know why he yelled. Mm-hmm. But um, that's about it. And, I mean, if you always want to learn how to do stuff, you just go on those sites. And it's mm-hmm. a free, you got Jackie Ganner, you got Lisa Lockhart, you got Ashley Schaefer's, you got Jordan Briggs, all mm-hmm. of them. And um, I done got a lot of help from a good bit of people too. So I can't say that they done, people helped me mm-hmm. and stuff because I wouldn't have got this far. You know, mm-hmm. I took initiative to help myself too because you had some that wouldn't help me. Mm-hmm. But on down the road, they eventually started helping me and stuff like that mm-hmm. so and then another thing too that I get tired of people saying is if you don't have no dash to fame or no you know horse with nice papers they ain't worth something my best horse was baby hope and she had no papers <laughs> like mm-hmm. I didn't know what she was bred with mm-hmm. and you know cow horses everybody like oh well every horse got that name on their papers you know and I'm like well that horse ain't my horse, so I don't care about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I got horses with nice papers, 
And then like Prius, I'm not saying she's not nice because she's Cabrian. It's just that she she's a little bit different, you know. Mm-hmm. But you can pretty much take any horse you want. You can take an Arabian. You can take a walking horse. Because I my walking horse was doing bears too. You can take whatever you horse you want. And if they're willing to do it, they will do it. I don't know if this camera cut off y'all. Did it? You can now. We can see you now. Okay. Because my battery thing, I got 20%. But, um, yeah, you can take whatever horse you want. You don't have to have the fanciest saddle. You don't have to have a fancy horse, you know, as long as it'll turn. Because let me tell you something. If you go back and watch Fallon Taylor videos, all her videos, she would tell you, like, she had horses that weren't even worth nothing. People would look at her and they look down on her, you know, and she had a little raggedy trailer and stuff like that. You always have to, all these people that are famous, they started from the bottom. Some of them did. Mm-hmm. But they, some people are not willing to tell you the story from the bottom. They just want to tell you when they got to the top. Mm-hmm. But you got some that will tell you about it when they're at, they, at their low. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like her so much and people don't like her. But I'm just sitting here like, she got all her trailers at her house parked in a row. From when she started, she had a little raggedy, you know, stock trailer. Then she went from that to two, I think it's a straight load. And mm-hmm. then, you know, she upgraded Mm-hmm. She want to keep all the memories because she's seeing where she came from. Mm-hmm. And then if you come from that type of, you know, background, I feel like you would, you know, respect things and you'd be more humble and all that stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things like me, like I didn't always have nice horses. I'm not saying my horses are nice now, but I'm just saying like they better than the horse that I had back then. Right. So yeah, that's pretty much. Well, good, good. Well, Caitlin, do you have any more questions? Do you? Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> Do you plan on um, hosting your own? I don't know. Uh, I guess clinics. Are there fall starting clinics? Is that a such thing? Is that a thing? Yeah, well, Maryland I don't. Clinics? <laughs> or videos, DVDs, something. I do plan on doing, oh, uh, well, you, I'm pretty sure you've seen it. Um, You know, I do my own drills. I started my own little, like, coat drills. Mm-hmm. And my goal behind that, and I got some friends that do it. That's the whole point of me doing, remember I had, did a clinic. I had created one. And it was going to be April the 25th, but with the corona coming out, I didn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. But mainly the goal with that drill is to get your babies set up and they're kind of going to know what they already need to do mm-hmm. and make it easier on them like Prius when I did the drills with her I really started with my old horses it wasn't just with her but that's when I started recording my videos was with her you know and stuff mm-hmm. but I've been doing it mm-hmm. but I can tell you this from doing the drills and put her on the pattern it makes things way much easier like she already knew to turn the bear she already knew you know, how to local circle around the bear and stuff like that. So everything kind of worked itself together. I had people telling me, oh, you working hard for a front end. I'm like, sit over there, Karen. I'm not, I know what I'm doing, okay? Sit over there. <laughs> so it was like one of those things right there. But um, a lot of people, they ask me how to do it. And I can't really tell you how to do it. It's like more of you can when show you're there, I can show you, you know, because mm-hmm. now your groundwork going to have to be on point before you do it. Because mm-hmm. your horse gonna have to listen to you, right? 
So that's one thing. They're gonna have to make sure that groundwork on point. Right. But that's I do plan on hosting my own clinics one day mm-hmm. and stuff and maybe traveling around. Now, oh, there we go. Traveling. <laughs> traveling around. <laughs> 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 but I'll be the one driving. You can have people come to you. I do want that. Um well I got Finn and Margaret from he got a ranch over there. It's called Second Chance Ranch. Mm-hmm. And he got an arena and round pen and all that stuff. That's why I was going to host it at. But he told me that I could use it whenever I want to. So that's what I was going to do. You know, I'd rather have some dirt mm-hmm. and um, do stuff with. So, yeah, I was going to plan on doing that in the future. Especially I got a yearling coming and a newborn baby horse for next year. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be exciting. I told my friend, I said, why every time... I get a, like, Prince, she is broke, ready to, you know, lope the pattern and stuff like that. And then Quan had to backtrack and go get another baby horse. Mm-hmm. I said, why do I do that? Yeah. She said, you little babies. I said, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite part, too. I got my my walking horse at six months old. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I didn't ride him for a couple years. Um, but I would still compete in like in hand trail classes and showmanship uh-huh. and halter classes and stuff. I still took him to shows and stuff. And that was like, that's how he was so easy to start riding. Like he just, uh-huh. I got on his back and he was just like, <laughs> all right. Like, and it was great. And they're like, oh my God, you broke your own horse. I was like, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Uh-huh. It shouldn't, so they were like, shouldn't be that big of a deal. Right. So they, they was they were saying that because you broke your own, like you trained him and broke him and stuff or her. Have you ever done that before? No. Like, no, I just, you know, I've had him for two years at this point. Like, mm-hmm. he knows me. I know him. I was, um, I always worked with him with verbal cues as well as, you know, body mm-hmm. position and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would say walk on while I was on the ground. I got on his back and I said, walk on. And he started walking. And then there was, mm-hmm. you know, we just rode off. Mm-hmm. It was great. <laughs> so, right. I mean, I want, sometimes it's rocket science, but if you do it the right way, it shouldn't be this big dramatic event. Mm-hmm. Like it should just be like, oh, that's, that's new. Okay. I'm used to doing new stuff. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Keep it moving. Uh-huh. That's right. true, and that's what people mess up at is when they wait till they turn three and four years old and five, and they like, well, I want to break it now. I'm like, dang, you wait till he get like halfway done. <laughs> you're trying to break him. He is all muscle and all, you know, they stronger. They're stronger. Mm-hmm. And Prince, she pretty much taught herself how to load up, and, you know, I had a little baby saddle out there, a little pony saddle. I'm talking about it was so small, I could pick it up with my pinky. Mm-hmm. And I got her used to that, and then when she turned one, that's when I was doing my drills. You know, I had a little heavier saddle on her. I would haul her around a little bit when I did go somewhere. Two years old, hauling her. She went to see her first chiropractor to make sure everything was okay before I started riding her. And that's another thing, too. A lot of people, like, say your horse, you're trying to get them to flex mm-hmm. side to side. Well, they're going to probably put up a fight. And the chiropractor was telling me that the reason my horse probably went flexed because when they nurse, they nurse to one side of their mama, like their neck is turned one way. 
and that's why before you start riding, you want to get them seen by a chiropractor so she can kind of, you know, fix their neck and pop it. Because that was the only thing out on it was her neck because from nursing. Mm-hmm. So all my young horses, that's what I would do for them before I start riding. Like, I'm a firm believer in equine body healing. Like, I love it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people asking me how did Pritch get so thick. And I always wanted to put on something that would, while she was growing, that it would help her keep her weight up. And it's called Pusatilla. And it's just like some little beads that you give in the side of her jaw, and it helps her out a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a homeopathic type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm into all that stuff, too. <laughs> well, I but, just sent you a friend request because I like that kind of stuff, too. Okay. And the um, lady name is Mari Little, if you want to add her. But she she does all that stuff. And she, haul, she comes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, she does it everywhere. So, but um, I can't tell y'all one time. Can I tell you? The, um, I don't know if Caitlin's seen it. I feel like seeing it at a bear race. I do have some funny moments now at this show. Cause I'd be so dang nervous. <laughs> if there was pictures, I think I think I saw that one. Yes, Lord. When I failed, my friends say every time I fall off a horse, I fall so gracefully. <laughs> Cause I, I make sure I take my time when I fall. I am not gonna hit that ground hard. <laughs> but she said that when I was falling, like my face was like. <laughs> <laughs> when things are going terrible, just smile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right, she's out. I smiled the whole way down. Then I got mad because I'm like, "Well, shoot, am I with just riding now? I don't feel on, I, I'm feeling everybody don't seen it, you know." And um, I went in. I went out there, and then that's when I made the second run, and we did good. Even though I had my real bands on my feet this time, but we did good. <laughs> and um, I remember one time, Margaret. That's the old one that I had. Mm-hmm. That she was pushed out, kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, my friend, my nerves get so worked up when I go to a show and I ain't really worried about the people anymore. Like mm-hmm. looking at me, I'm not worried about my color, uh, my size or nothing like that. It's just my nerves. <laughs> my anxiety just go out the roof. Mm-hmm. And she gave me some um, lavender mm-hmm. and she, she was like, here you go, just sniff this. I said, okay. And I was like, can you, can you put on your tongue? She said, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I'm putting some on my tongue. Yeah, I was so doped up on that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when I went out there to make my run, all I could see was the bear, like, and then we went to the barrel, <laughs> we turned it, and then to the second barrel, I was like, whew, that came real fast, and then I turned, I sat before we got to it, and then she turned before we got to it, and then I had to go back around it again. I said, Britain, I don't want no more of your lavenders, okay? I don't want no more. <laughs> I said, I focus more when I don't do lavender. <laughs> we done had some moments now yes and yes that is funny the um the only thing like when i go to the show i can't tell you this i done started this right here i joke about my size before i let somebody else say something like when I get on my horses, when people watching me, I tell them, "Oh yeah, because I'm too big. I I can't get on from the ground. I have to use something to get on my horse. Cause you know they kind of tall. They mm-hmm. they're tall horses. Even though I'm tall, mm-hmm. it's a lot of weight to kind of pull up on some. Yeah. And um, I use a step thing. And um, 
that day, I, I, I jumped a little too hard, and I went all the way on the other side. <laughs> and then my horse looked bad, and he was just like, what you doing? <laughs> but I mean, it's moments like this. Do it. He's like, you want to try that again? <laughs> yeah, like, come on, you can do this. I'm, I'm going to stand here. But... I mean, I have some fun in moments. And see, I'm more of that type of person. Like, I like to joke and, you know, have fun and mm-hmm. make people laugh and stuff like that. So that's why when we do go to bad races, that's why they be like, Corn, you coming? I'm like, yeah, I'll come. And then when I don't come, they get kind of, you know, a little sad. But I'm just all about having fun mm-hmm. and, you know, enjoying it. So yeah, that's the key thing to things. So, yeah. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. We uh, definitely enjoyed it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this was hilarious. <laughs> so hey, let, yeah, people, thank let people know where they can find you. I don't know if you have Instagram, but you know your social medias, all that. Uh, my Instagram gonna be Tucker Tucker Stables Equine, oh. and then my face. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was you. Wait, we already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I've seen that that Instagram account before, but I had no that mm-hmm. I that was you. But go ahead. I'm sorry, Tucker Stables Equine. Mm-hmm. And then my Snapchat is Jaquan. Um, oh geez, what is it? Jaquan T twenty one. That's J A I Q W O N. And then my um Facebook is Lacavius Tucker. That needs to, yeah, I'm going to spit. <laughs> <laughs> capital L-A-C, capital C-A-L-D-I-U-S, Tucker. Oh, my God. Is that so your, funny. is Jaquan your middle name? It is, LaCavius Jaquan Tucker. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. I hope you belly laughed during this episode just like you did. Head over to our socials. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel. All right, guys. See you next week.